I always tell people that's always something you can give. I tell people in the word, we can give number one ourselves. I say this to people when you say, well, pastor, I don't have anything to give. I don't have the finances to be able to give uh, like others. Well, you can give yourself. And that's what people do when they come here and get the word. You're giving yourself. And I tell people that you can give yourself, you can give your finances, or you can give your service. But you got something you ought to be able to give to the Lord. And that's why we have, now we have, we have had uh, a, a long time, we've had over, over a year to be at home. So it's time to give back to the Lord now, amen. All right, but I, I, don't, I don't rush people. I believe that God gave me an outlet, and I thank him for it. All those people who are watching us on Facebook, podcasts, on social media. Can we give them a great big hand? Thank you. We want to say welcome. Welcome. We want to welcome them to our television broadcast. Amen. Thank God for that. All right. Now, what I want to do this morning, uh, I want to go to part, we're on part number 23 now. Uh, part number 23 and, and uh, uh, in my notes. If I'm wrong, Brother Charlie will straighten me out. But I'm on part number 23. And I'm teaching on, on the Apostle Paul ministry, uh, showing that Paul finished his course. Amen. Uh, this, this teaching about the Apostle Paul, it, I'm hoping that, that it would also change your life because this, this man uh, laid down his life as an offering uh, so we could be able to have uh, eternal life. And I'm so grateful I know that the Lord Jesus, but somebody had to preach it to us. So I want to talk about today. I want to get to today's teaching. Last week, uh, the Lord gave me something just for last Sunday. Uh, I, I thank God for, for giving it to me. I feel like I uh, always come not reach the point what I need to reach, but I'm grateful to the Lord. All right, so let's go to work here. Uh, on one of these words in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7 is what we're going to deal with today. First, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. And that's what we're going to use for today's subject. I have fought a good fight. Now remember, we are at the end of, end of Paul's ministry. And he's talking to his son, Timothy. And he's telling his son, Timothy, I have fought a good fight. Now, we're going we're gonna to see what it means because it, it does not mean just one thing. All right? It does not mean just one thing. I have fought a good fight. All right? Right. So when he said, I have fought a good fight, what is he talking about? So we're going to be able to go in there. Let's go, to, let's go first of all and show you where I believe that his interests, I have fought a good fight. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6. And we want to look at verse 11 and 12. This is what he gave Timothy, so I believe this is what he's talking about for himself. 
But I'm going to show you different areas in Paul's life and ministry where he fought a good fight. This is just one. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Remember, this is just one. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 11 and 12. But thou, O man of God, flee those things. Now, he named some stuff that he wanted Timothy to not get involved in. Follow out the righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and meekness. And then in verse number 12, he said, fight the good fight of faith. So I'm not using that for my subject. I'm using plainly, I have fought a good fight. Because I found out that he had more than one fight. As I went through Paul's ministry, Paul had a lot of stuff that he was going through. Here he just said, fight the good fight. All right? All right. So let, let's go here. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And then he says, lay hold on eternal life. So his whole thing was, don't forget what you're fighting for. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast confessed. A good confession. King James used the word profess. You profess a good profession because they were under this profession of faith. So when Paul says, I have fought a good fight, we know that Paul fought a good fight of faith. And he's talking about, even to Timothy, you are called and you have professed a good profession before many witnesses. You had confessed uh, uh, many professions before many witnesses. So what we want to we show you where Paul was, he was under the ministry of he had to confess his faith. Now, that's not our salvation. Our salvation is not the confession of our faith that brings us to salvation. But to him, to get to salvation, eternal life, he had to Hold fast. I'm going to show you. Let me just go show you those. He had to hold fast his confession of faith. Under Paul's ministry, Jesus Christ is operating as their high priest. So you have to be able to understand what confession was about. It was just like it was to them in the natural. Remember, Israel always have had a high priest. See, he's made to us both Lord and Christ, but to them, he became their high priest. After he rose from the dead, he, Paul gave us the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, he taught the Hebrews, and he taught them about everything that God had given them that was better. And one of those things were better was a better high priest. See, that's the ministry that he gave them. And because Jesus Christ had moved over the church of God as their high priest now. So they had to go to him in prayer. That's why the name Jesus was so important to them. 
because they had to act in Jesus' name. They had to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. Everything they got, their salvation was in Jesus' name. So I'm, I'm, I really want to, I want to show you so much today because there's a difference in their salvation in our salvation. Okay, now, he said to them, fight to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He talked to Timothy about the confession of their faith. So let's go show you that before we go anywhere. Let's go to Hebrew 3, 1. I'm going to run through these quickly. Hebrew chapter 3. If you haven't marked them in your Bible, you need to do that. Hebrew chapter 1, 6 and 14. All these in verse 3. Hebrew chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brothers, partaker of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Now remember, that same word is confession. So Christ is to the Hebrew. This is why you have to know what teachings you're under. So under our ministry, Jesus Christ is both Lord and Christ. He is our Lord. Under their ministry, for as the Jews, when they became the church of God, now he became their high priest. See, they understood that as him being their high priest because they have had a high priest all the way back to Melchizedek, Abraham. That's why Paul taught about Melchizedek, the high priest, a type of Christ himself. All right. Now, he is a high priest. I want you to make sure you hear what this says. He is a high priest of their confession. Said Jesus Christ was the high priest of their confession. Right. He was not just their high priest. He was a high priest of their confession. So that's why they had to have faith because he was the high priest of their confession. So when they confessed something, they couldn't waver. Follow me along. Wherefore, holy brethren, partaker of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our, Paul says, our confession, profession, Christ Jesus. Who was, a, who, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. See, he compared himself to Moses. All that was, was, was Christ Jesus in the flesh. He was compared to Moses all the way through. And then in verse number 3, it said, For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant. See, he's likening Moses to Jesus. Now, remember, that's why you have to understand the church of God. You can't just not understand them. You got to understand them because they are the house that the Lord built. 
you are the body of Christ. So you have to be able to see them and you. You have to be able to see us as the man, Christ Jesus, and them as the woman. You have to see us as the Adam and them as the Eve. Hope I'm not confusing you. All right, let's move on. But it says in verse number four, every house is built by some man. He that built it all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful over all his house as a servant. That's important. For a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, a son as a son over his house. Now remember, think about what he's saying. Christ, a son over his house. You can't be the house and Christ too. How, how many hear what I just said? See, we are the what? We are the body of Christ. All right. But Christ was a son over his own house. Paul says, whose house are we? Remember, he's talking to Hebrews. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. So they had to hold fast how long? This is very important because you have to know to the end of what? See, the end of their dispensation, to the end of the law, to the end of all old things, to the end of that covenant. So they had to hold fast. They had to hold on to their faith till the Lord comes. Let me say something to you. And I hope these are things I'm going to be ministering on, but I need to just say this. Christ is the end of all things. So if you was in the days of Peter, James, and John, they were looking forward to Christ's return. Why? Because he will be the end of all things. So all those things that they was talking about in the old covenant, Christ is the fulfillment of it. Everybody understand what I just said? All right. So you're looking back at the cross now. You're looking back at the cross. They were looking to the cross. So the end was coming for them. Let me go back and show you a better way. Say, for example, uh, Christ said, as in the days of Noah. So Christ put himself as Noah was my replacement in the Old Testament type and shadow. So as in the days of Noah. So Noah was looking toward the flood. Like Paul. He wasn't in the flood yet, but he was looking forward to it. So he had to build the ark. And while he had to, now this was, Noah was a type of Christ himself. So he, Noah had to build the ark so people can get in the ark so they can be saved. So Jesus had to build the church, church of God, so the people can be saved. See, the same thing. That's why he came, he said, up on this rock, Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. So you have to be able to see the church of God. That's why when he talks about the church, he always talks about uh, the city. Then he talks about the gate of the city. Then he talks about the temple, which is you, that is in the city. Let me move up. 
Hebrew chapter number three, in verse six, but Christ, a son of his own house, whose house are we? Now remember, he came, he's not talking to you. You have to go to the front of the book and find out it's talking to Hebrews. You are not Hebrews. All right. You're the body of Christ. Now remember, why am I saying that? Because in Christ, they have neither male, female, bond, or free, you're all one in Christ. There is no who you are anymore. Amen. You're one spirit now, right? All right. So that's how you understand. But these people were Hebrews. And also, the church that, that he has, that he raised from the dead, were raised from the dead in 12 tribes. They were still Hebrews. So you have to understand, that's why when you go through the book of Revelation, he talked about in chapter 7, he called their names. 12 tribes, and he called every son's name. Because you get to the book of Revelation, you're going to have that which is the church. But you are the body of Christ, and you are the temple of the living God. And if you go back and look at it, it was Jerusalem, which was the type of the church of God. And then there was the temple that was in Jerusalem. Are y'all okay? I mean, how many can see what I'm saying? So you have the temple. If you go back and look at what God created in, in Genesis 1 and 1, you'll be able to say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. But well, what did he create? He created Jerusalem and he created the temple. So when you see Israel, you see Israel and you see Jerusalem. That's all you're going to see. So we have to be able to understand that. All the way through the word of God, if you take the word most of the time that said earth and say Israel, you'll see it. But in Israel, they had a, a Jerusalem where there was a temple. Jerusalem was a type of the city of the king, and the king lived in the city in a temple. Which are you? Okay. I can't explain no better than that. Go to Google. Go Google it and watch the movie. I can't see it no better. All right. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, one more time. But Christ is the son of his own house. Paul said, who house are we? If. See, they, they, meant, they were based on an if. You ain't no if. You've been raised from the dead. You were risen with Christ. All right. But they, they would be a son if they hold fast the confidence. That word confidence is the same thing as their faith. And the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. Let's go down and read verse 14. Hebrews 3, 14. For we are made partakers. We're talking to Hebrews. We are made partakers of Christ if. So you don't have an if. You've been raised from the dead with Christ. You are a new creation. You sit together in a heavenly place in Christ. Do everybody understand the difference? All right. But they were made partakers of the Christ if they would hold the beginning of their confidence. The beginning of their confidence was the beginning of their faith. Now, I'm going to give my wife something to do. When you read Peter, Peter said, receiving the end of your faith, 
even the salvation of your soul. So when God gave them their faith, it was their salvation. So they had to hold on to their faith because they had to have that when the Lord returns. I mean, understand what I just said. Their salvation will, is how they're going to get their, their faith with how they get their salvation. So when the Lord returned, see, if you still think he's coming, you can't see what I'm saying. You've been blinded. This is what happened to Israel. They were blinded. Jesus preached three and a half years to them. They didn't believe it, and it blinded them. So when Paul came with the gospel, they couldn't see it. The God of this world has blinded their minds. See, they still want to believe what, what's not true, what other people are saying, which blinds you. All right. What is it? First Peter 1.9. Uh, we're going to go there next because I want to do verse 14 while I'm here. Hebrews 3.14, we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. What is he talking about the beginning? Because this is what Peter gave them. Is that right? He gave them the beginning. He, faith was their beginning. I want to finish Hebrews while I'm here. That's what I mean. So let's look at Hebrews 4.14. Don't forget, we'll go there next. Hebrews 4.14 and Hebrews 10.23. Let's do Hebrew 4.14 first on the screen. Seeing, once again, he, he, he said, can you see this? Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Remember, we're talking to Hebrews. We have a great high priest, watch this, that is passed into the heavens. Now, when you read the book of Hebrews, You'll find out in chapter, chapter 10, I want to say, you'll find out that the great high priest is in the heavens. Well, it's before that too. And they were waiting for him to return. See, if you know anything about the word of God, you have to know the ministry of the high priest. This is why people don't understand about Christ. Once he went into the holy place, they was waiting for him to return. Who can relate to that better than Jews? Because every time they would celebrate Passover, what did the high priest do? He took the blood, sacrificed, then he took it inside with the Holy of Holies, and he offered the blood up on the altar. And if the Lord received the sacrifice, he had pomegranates and bale around his garment and a rope. So if he die, they can put him out. Because they can only go back there once a year. So when the high priest would come out and show himself, everybody would rejoice because God had received forgiveness for their offering for another year. Can't you see it's not you that's waiting for him to return? If you understood what I just said, it was the Hebrews waiting for the high priest to return. Praise God. Oh, my God. Uh, why was he, he, he going to return? Uh, I, I give you the scripture. I give you the scripture. Romans, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I, I can't go to it right now. 
Romans chapter 9, Lord help me to find it. Romans chapter 9, I think it's verse 23. Um, Romans chapter 9, and I'll read that. Uh, they was waiting for, him, waiting for him to return. And they, when he returns, they said, what are you going to do? He's going to deliver them from their sins. Maybe somebody can find it for me. I think it's Romans chapter 9. I know it's 9 or 10, but I can't, can't go there right now. All right. Somebody can find it for them. They was waiting for you. He would come out of Zion. The Bible says he would come out of Zion. He would save them from their sins. Okay, when you find it, mark your Bible, okay? All right, because I got a different Bible here, so that's what happened. All right, let's, let's go to Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 14, one more time. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Where did he go? Into the heavens. Thank you very much for that. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our profession of faith. Because he's gone into the heaven. So when you study Hebrews, especially chapter number 10, uh, 9, 10, 11, you'll find out that they'll tell you that into the way. He He made a new way through the veil, which is his flesh. So the old way, they used to go in through the old temple. That temple would be destroyed. That's why Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. All right. All right. Now, let's go to one more. Hebrew chapter number 10, 23. Hebrew chapter 10 and verse 23. See, that's why Romans chapter 8, 9, 10 is all about Israel. i go there later. Hebrew chapter number 10, and we're going to start reading verse 23. We're on the screen. We're okay. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. All the way through Hebrews, he's telling me you got to hold fast. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. That word confession, without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works. Not, what we said for them, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. See, that's what they did. They, they, it wasn't like they had a, uh, a COVID and they stopped going to church. But these people had... All, they, were, they were so caught up on waiting for the Lord to come, they thought he would come tomorrow. Now, all these folks are not coming to church. He's not waiting on the Lord. But anyway, those folks are waiting on the Lord. They were waiting on the Lord so they wouldn't even assemble together. They just stayed there and waited. And that's why the Lord said that. That's why you had to use, if they don't work, you don't eat. That's where all this stuff came from. But here, here it says, Hebrews chapter 10 not in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. So they, they knew the Lord was coming, so they didn't want to miss out. Ain't that right? Now, 
Anybody find that one verse over? Romans 11, okay. Thank you. Romans chapter 11, let me show it to you. See, they was waiting for the high priest to return. So when people tell you they wait on the Lord to become, the Lord to come back, they don't understand what they're saying. You're waiting for the high priest to come out and God has accepted him. So as the high priest, the high priest's responsibility is make sure he takes Israel, he represented Israel before the people. Let me say it again. The high priest represented Israel before the people. Do everybody understand what I just said? Anybody? He wore on his chest. See, sometime instead of watching all my children days out, just go Google high priest. He wears on his chest an ephod. And on, that, on his chest, he has the 12 tribes of Israel and 12 stones. He has them on his shoulders. The way he had to dress, uh, the priests had uh, like about four parts to their garment. The high priest had the rest. So the high priest had on what the priest wore plus what the high priest wore. He covered that on top. He had to have his whole outfit needleworked. And it had to be five different threads, five colors. And he had to wear it up on his shoulder, up on his chest, a scrap around his waist, and, and a robe, and, and made into a robe. That's called the high priest. Now, all of these things, everything was about Christ. Everything. So when, you be, when they began to see this, when he came out, he represented Christ. He had the, the, the robe on with the pomegranates around the the girl and the pomegranate was for a reason why they were pomegranate because they had multiplication of seed inside. And he had to have a bell. And so the bell would bump against the pomegranate. So when, when, when high priests were coming, if he wore that out anywhere, everybody would stop because they knew the high priest was coming. That's how you would hear it that loud. But his whole thing was to make sure he represented Israel before, before God. So when he went in before the Lord to take the sin offering or the blood from the ox or the blood from the, the animal and put the blood on the altar, he was doing that for all Israel. Do you ever understand that? One man represented all. He was the high priest. All right. But they didn't, get, they didn't see what happened until he came back out. If he didn't come back out... They start running because they know God was angry with somebody. And, he, and what he would do is, on the breastplate, when he went behind the, the veil, there was no light behind the veil. It was pitch dark. The veil, the veil of the temple was, was, was written twain when Jesus was, but the veil of the temple was as wide as this thing here. We talk about a veil. And it just split. From head to, head to feet. It had to be completely dark. No natural light can get in. So when the high priest went back there, it was pitch black. And he had to go back there. And then the Lord himself would shine on his chest. 
with all of the different kinds of jewelry. You name all of them. They named the amethyst, the beryl, the diamond, the ruby. All they had 12 different ones on his chest. And when the Lord's spirit was shining on that, it was shining on the one that he had a problem with. So the high priest was able to know that. Then he had within his pockets what he had made inside, like he could put like a vest he put inside. And he had in there uh, what we call dice, but they wasn't dice. They was uh, two things. I know they cast lock, but I'm talking about the two things that they had, the names of those two things. All right, but that's not another thing. When you study the high priest and all that he had, uh, but he would throw them down, those things down, and it would say what he, what he should do or not do. That's how it was. Okay. But my whole point is, this verse I'm getting ready to read is what, he, what the high priest was doing. We're in, he, we're in Romans chapter 11. So that's why I say Romans chapter 9, 10, 11 was to Israel. Romans, uh, it tell you Israel shall be saved. Well, this is talking about not Christ down the cross. He's talking about when the Lord returned, he will save Israel from their sin that they will always have been in, and it was called adultery, spiritually adultery, worshiping other gods. How, how can you say that? Because you go back to Moses. When Moses came down, it was after 40 days when he came down or when he came back. So when he came back after the 40 days, what was Israel doing? Some of y'all may not watch Ten Commandments, but they had built a golden calf. All right. They was worshiping the idol. What did the Lord say to, it, say to them in Thessalonians? What he said to them in Daniel, when he said to them in Matthew, when you see the abomination of desolation in the holy place, he did understand, flee to the mountain. Because that's when the Lord was going to come because they was now had put the, the abomination of desolation in the temple. See, that's what Israel did out there in the wilderness when they came out of Egypt. When Moses went up to the mountain, they, they took that calf and they said, these be your gods, O Israel. Because they hadn't seen the Lord. So if you watch the Ten Commandments, what do they say about Moses? Why do they worship the calf? Because he has gone to the mountain for 40 days and we have not seen him. He is not coming back. We need, we need God. Why did they choose David for to be their king? Not David, Saul, which is the same type in shadow. Why did they choose Saul, which was flesh? Because they wanted to be like the other nations. And that's why my heart, that's my heart. I just pray to God that, that we don't lose it. I pray to God that you don't go to church all your life and then fall back. You come to church all your life and a pandemic came and you just stopped going to church. And the enemy convinced you that you don't really need to be here. So you are stay at home and watch it on Facebook. And it's okay if you are in Arizona. Hello all those out there in Arizona. Good morning. 
Hello, all those in Louisiana. Hello, those in Mississippi. See, we got folk all out there who watch us every week. Carolinas, Texas, Georgia. See, they, they on your Facebook. If you watch Facebook while you're in there, you'll see them popping up. Those people out there, they can't get here. But we got the Lord will understand. He sure will. He understands you go everywhere else you want to go. But when it's time to come to church, he understands. I can't be around people. Praise God. All right. That's good enough for me. All right. Now, Romans chapter 11. Here we go. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 25. Here we go. I would not, brother, that you should be ignorant of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceit. That blindness, this is why Israel was blinded. That blindness in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile become in. Are you telling me the fullness of the Gentile hadn't come in yet? 2,000 years? And so, here it is. All Israel shall be saved. Well, when were they saved? Revelation chapter 7, 144,000. All Israel shall be saved. As it is written. When would they say? Here it is. There shall come out of Zion. What is Zion? Jerusalem. See, you need to mark in your Bible because you don't even know what Zion is. I don't say that to put you for your shame. I'm just saying when you don't know, you need to put stuff down your Bible. He shall come out of Zion. There shall come out of Zion. We go to Hebrew after here. And we'll look at chapter, chapter 13, I think it is. All Israel shall be saved. All Israel shall be delivered. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer. He's going to come out of deliverer. That's what they was waiting for. And they're going to turn away ungodliness from Israel. And here is people in Pontiac in America has been taught to believe Jesus' second coming. Ninety-some percent of church folk believe Jesus' coming. Coming for what? He never said he was coming to you. He said he was coming for Israel. You can, I'm going to read it. I'm reading it out the Bible. Would you believe the Bible? See, you, this is what stops so much stuff going on in people's hearts. They're just unbelievers and they don't understand. Well, you don't believe the word. If you believe in Jesus coming, automatically you're an unbeliever today because of nobody in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, Jesus said Jesus is coming to you. You've been deceived. Romans chapter 11, one more time, verse 26. So all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Not S-I-N, S-I-N-S. According to the gospel, they are your enemies. They are enemies for your sake, Paul says to the, to the Gentiles. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Because the Father's wife. Now that's where they get the gift and the calling of God without repentance. People take that out of, out of place. Now, let's go show you in Hebrew. Let's go back to Hebrew. Because I'm going to show you in Zion. He's coming out of Zion. Let, let me, let me, I'm going to get that next. Let me show you he's coming out of Zion. Let 
Let's go to Hebrew chapter 12 and verse 22. He's coming back, but where's he leaving from? He's coming out of Zion. Where's Zion? What is Zion? It's the church. It's the church of God. That's why the book of Revelation told you the 144,000 were with him. Revelation 7, once again, say he took out the 144,000. So that's why when he come back, when he came back, he will come back with clouds. Many witnesses. Hebrew chapter 12. Start verse 1. I'm going to back up. Hebrew 12, 1. See, you have to know what the word said. People just believe in people. They, they do not believe in the Bible. And they don't realize it's interfering with your walking, walking walk of faith. Hebrew 12, verse 1, talking to Hebrews. Paul said, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Watch this, and the sin. Who is he talking to? Israel. Lay aside every weight and every sin, which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience. The race that's set before us. There's no race set before you. So when Paul said, I finished my course, he, I finished the race, he, you're not talking to you. He had to get to the end, and he had to make sure he hold fast his faith until he get there. You are saved by grace. Through faith, not yourself, it's the gift of God, not of works. Lest any man so boast. What you got, you got it free. God gave you your salvation. See, you have to understand them and you. Total difference. Verse 2 says, they had to run the race that was set before them, Hebrews. And they had to be looking unto Jesus. He was the author and the finisher of their faith. The word author means the beginning. He had to be the author, the creator, the beginning of their faith, and he was also the ending of their faith. Otherwise, they saw him in the beginning. That's when their faith started. Anybody hear what I just said? When their faith started. How did their faith start? They saw him in the beginning, when he first came here, they saw and believed that was the beginning of their faith. They're going to see him when he returned. And once they see him when they return, Mr. Barber, they saw the end of their faith. When he returned, it was the end of their faith. When they saw him Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it was the beginning of their faith. Jesus Christ was the author and the finisher of their faith. 
Looking unto Jesus, verse 2, Hebrews 12, 2. The author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. What else did he do? Despising the shame. What else did he do? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where he sat. What was he sitting there for? The Bible said, I consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood. He's talking to them. Striving against sin. So when he said, I fought the good fight, you can pick up a whole lot of stuff. Now, we go, we go through the script you have now. Okay, uh, one of them was Exodus 27. The first one I gave you first. 11, okay, I just did Romans 11, 6. I didn't finish that, did I? Romans 11. Let's go back. Let me finish that. Okay, then, there you go. That's how you do You don't skip none of them. Romans 11. How many, how many, how many know this is clear? See, if you just keep coming, keep listening, it'll get clear and clear and clear. But you just come in here one time with one scripture and you got it. I'm just so confused. I'm quite sure you are. Thank you, thank you. We got plenty of room. All right. Romans chapter 11, verse number 20 again. And so all Israel shall be saved. And it is written, they shall come out of Zion, the deliverer. That's what I'm getting ready to read you in, in Hebrews. They're going to come out of Zion, the deliverer. Oh, he's in, he's in Zion? That's what I want to show you. Let's go back to Hebrews. See, that's what you should have wrote down. He, he's in Zion. I got to show you that first. I'm in Hebrews where it is. I don't want to leave. What he said the Lord is when he raised from the dead? Everybody. Come on. Now. You, you be asking that question. You, if I start some on TV, you'd be like, where, where did the Lord go when he left, when he left earth? He, on, when they saw him go, where did he go? I'm showing you now where he went. The Bible told you he went into Zion. He went into Mount Zion. Where did he go? Why did he go to Mount Zion? Because if you know what happened in the days of Moses, you know where he went. Let's go back to Hebrew chapter 12. And let's start reading verse 18. See, if you understand Moses, you understand Christ, the same thing. Where did Moses go when he got the law? Let's see how well you know your Bible. You got a chance to goof off. You want to come out and play with the boys. You want to come out and shoot marbles, Mr. Bible. You know about the marble dunce. How many know where Moses went? When Moses went, got the law, where did he go to get the law? You got to know where he went. I hear some of y'all, Robert, Robert, they say, hold on more, ha, ha, say, cut that, I pray in tongues too. All right, here we go. Hebrew chapter 12, verse number 18 on the screen. For you are not come into a mount that might be touched, that burn with fire, nor the blackness and the darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, 
the voice of words was voice they that heard entreated that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. <laughs> when the Lord landed on that mountain, they said, Moses, you talk to him. Don't, we don't want him to talk to us no more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dot. So terrible was the sight of that Moses said, Moses now, I exceedingly fear and quake. Moses admitted, I was scared too. But then he's going to say to them, but you are come. He's talking to Hebrews, told them what Jesus was. You are come to Mount Zion. I just told you that. I told you that's what Jesus was. But he's going to tell you what Mount Zion is. Mount Zion is the city of the living God. Mount Zion is the hell of Jerusalem. People go to church all their life, don't even know where they're going. They go to a funeral, they cry. Why they cry? Because they don't know where they're going. They don't know where their loved one's at. How can you be in Christ and don't even know where you're going? And you wonder why I fuss. I want you to know this is not a game. There's a real city. It's called the New Jerusalem. And God already have accepted you there if you're in Christ. Don't have to be worried about where I'm going. If anybody asks you, don't have to worry about where I'm going. Don't have to worry about asking me. I don't have to say I'm going up yonder. Where is yonder? That's all folks know is I'm going up yonder to be with my... Why can't you say I'm going to Jerusalem? I'm going to the new Jerusalem. I'm going to Zion. I'm going with my Lord. I'm going to be with my Lord. Because the Bible told you where you were going told you what Jesus said. But you are not, but you are come to Mount Zion. This is what he told the Hebrews. You are come to Mount Zion. He didn't say you're coming because you're in Christ, you're already in Mount Zion. You already came. You come to Mount Zion. You come to the city of the living God. You come to heavenly Jerusalem. Well, if you sit together in the heavenly places, you ought to know where the hell is Jerusalem at. You come to the innumerable company of angels. You come to the general assembly, the church. Well, if you come to the general assembly, the church, you're the body of Christ. But where is the church? In heaven. This is who they are. The firstborn, which are written in heaven. You come to the firstborn. You are come to God. You are come to the judge of all. You are come to the saints of just men made perfect. You come to Jesus. People said, I'm going to see Jesus. No, you know what Jesus is at. You come to Jesus. He's the mediator of the new covenant. You come to the blood of sprinkling. That speaketh better thing than that of Abel. That's why he said to them, if you know that's where you're going, don't reject 
the words I'm speaking to you. Paul said, I'm speaking to you from heaven. Oh, you didn't get that. Let me finish reading that. See, if, you, if I'm in Christ, I've been sent or called by God to do what I'm doing. Then I speak from heaven. I don't speak from earth. My message did not come from the earth. It came from the heavenly. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Watch this. For if they escape not, talking about Israel, who, who refuse him that spake on earth. What did Moses speak from? Earth. Moses spake on earth. Much more, he says. Shall not we escape if we turn away him that speaketh from heaven? Paul says, you don't want my gospel? I'm speaking to you from heaven. That's why he found out in Ephesians we sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Got to know where you are. Got to know who you are. Verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying yet once more he shake not only the earth. Well, if he shook the earth, who did he shake? See, you still don't know who the earth is. If, you ever, if I ever get this word earth, man, I know what he shook. He shook Israel. He shook the earth. But then he's going to say, he's not only going to shake the earth. Because that's what he did on Mount Zion, didn't he? If I go back and read verse 18, he say, on Mount Zion, he shook Mount Zion. So it can't be part Let's go back and look at verse 18. Let's go back and look at, see, if you go by the word, if you, I'm telling you what the earth, the earth was the promised land, Israel. Watch this. Hebrew 12, 18. For you are not come to the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, not the blackness and the darkness and the tempest, the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words when they heard and treated that that should not be spoken to them anymore. They could not endure. Why? Because of the shaking was going on. He shook the earth. But then he says he's going to shake the earth again. And he did. That's why you have the book of Acts, the first two chapters. You'll see. You'll see the, the earth fall, the heavens fall. The sun and the moon, the stars. The powers of heaven shall be shaken. The fulfillment of Joel. What was he doing? What was God doing when he was doing all that shaking? Verse number 27. We're in Hebrew 12, 27. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken. So why would, did God come back and shake the earth? He was removing those things. He told them about that in John chapter 15. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you don't bring forth good fruit. <laughs> he already told them, didn't he? I'm going to cast you down. I'm going to cast you into the fire. See, the only way you can't bring forth good fruit, you don't have the spirit. The spirit is the rain. And if the rain came into your soul, it would cause you to be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish. And this word yet once more signified the removal of those things that are shaken. As a thing that are made, 
that those things which are shaken may remain. Those things which cannot be shaken. Those things which cannot be shaken. Now you got to get this straight. What did he just say can't be shaken. Those things which cannot be shaken. This, how, this is how you know. Are you in the kingdom of the earth? Are you in the, or the kingdom of this world? Are you in the kingdom of God? Because if you're in the kingdom of God, nothing moves you. That's what I want to get to the next verse. Paul says, none of these things move me. Why? Because you in the kingdom cannot be moved. You got to examine yourself. It's something when every little thing that goes on in your life, you fall apart. Every little thing in your life fall apart. This, this young lady, this young lady right here came to my office yesterday. You think you're going through something? She'd been taken to the hospital two, two days in a row. Couldn't breathe. See, you know when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, I want you to stay around a while. I want you to sit on the corner. I want some people to see. I don't have to tell them all about the power of God. I want you to just stay here because they already know you were dead. This young lady couldn't breathe. Came, came to my office yesterday and left her. I'm okay. Mama's in the office crying. She said, Mama, you all right, Mama? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. Crying about her daughter. Yeah. Called me this morning. Heart was racing. Boom, 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 boom. That's how it sounded, didn't it? Good. I could feel when I put my hands, I could feel it all in her vein. Boom. Called me this morning. Her mother texted me, I think. You texted me, one of you. Because that's what she said yesterday. I'm coming to see you, Pastor. I said, you got my number. That's what you got my number for. She called on the phone. She says, my heart is racing. My heart is beating. I'm on my way to the church. I said, come on, I'm waiting on you. I told my nurse up there. I said, oh, Sister Kennedy, the boss. I said, uh, y'all didn't get that. This. I said, when she come, bring her to my office. I said, Sit right there, girl. She said, yeah, it's just my, I just feel it. I said, no problem. I just laid my hand on your head, right here. This is the same girl. I laid my hand on my head. And I said, oh, it ain't beat no more. I said, what happened? She said, you just calm down. How you feel now, girl? Woo! She said, I'm good. I'm going to rest my case right there. I don't expect you to believe if you don't believe. Let me say it this way. I don't expect you to believe if you are not a believer. Most people don't believe until they need it themselves. Let me tell you how to get yours. When somebody else get theirs. Oh my God, you don't hear me. See, God finds out about you when somebody else gets there. When somebody else gets, come on, get up on your feet. When somebody else gets there, you know what you do? Oh, you be so glad for them. Why? Because if anything happened to me and God healed me, I want everybody to be glad for me. Oh, my God, my God. Oh, when you got the spirit 
It's nothing like when you got the Spirit. It's so easy to pray for people when they got the Spirit. Because faith is in me, faith is in her, and when faith meets faith, boom, there is a spiritual explosion. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, lest you have believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Christ already died, buried and raised again from the dead. People are still waiting for him to come. Listen, he's not your high priest. Why are you waiting for him to come? Only Israel would wait for him to come. When he came, he delivered them from their idolatry. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for your... And the door of faith is opened unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.